Blog Talk Radio. It's November 24th, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living radio show, podcast, is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Listen Now. We're also on Twitter where you may follow us. We have an editorial announcement this evening. It seems to be important, so let me read this out. Everyone, please be aware that the policy of working for a living is that we are in no way involved with the request for a special convention that seems to be foremost in the mainstream media, mainstream media of late. Divisive news that most assuredly is feeding the national right-to-works agenda. We have nothing to do with it, and we oppose it being done. Let me bring on Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good, Leroy. How are you doing? Well, it's been a busy, long, 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 long week for me, so <laughs> it's... Uh, I don't believe that. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, uh, anything new in your neighborhood there? Not that I know of. It's all okay. quiet down here, a little flat rock. Oh, okay, good. That's good. Any snow this past week? No. No snow. That's good. That's good. We've had some cold weather, no though. Yeah, we cold. have. Yeah, we, uh, I had the opportunity to drive home from up north uh, uh, Michigan, and we had a lot of fog Monday night and Tuesday morning, lots and lots of it. And then I uh, personally, uh, and, you know, I'm helping uh, long-time friend of mine who's in a real pickle. And then uh, I had to go up and, and assist uh, him and his spouse uh, on Wednesday, and that turned into just short of 24-hour projects, uh, up 24 hours on that one. And, you know, you go out on Thursday and you're uh, pretty tired. And, you know, some people don't understand that when you're kind of in a fog, but uh, it is what it is. When you work those long, long days like that, uh, it, it does get a little trying. So uh, been recovering. Got a little bit of the flu bug. Uh, we had not the flu. I guess just uh, you know more of a cold uh, on uh, late Thursday and Friday. Uh, had the opportunity to speak on Thursday at a meeting for the parks here in the Lansing area. Appears they want to tear down a, a Bent's pool, and a little little uh, information on the Bent's pool is uh, Mr. Bent's was an engineer for the city of Lansing uh, in the uh, 1950s and 60s, I suppose, and he uh, designed and built a Bent's pool for the Moore's or the Bent's pool number one. He subsequently built. Uh, 
exact models of it in 164 other uh, metropolitan areas. As it turns out, there's only two left, as I understand it, uh, that are working. And number one here in Lansing is still working. They want to tear it down. So I suggested that, you know, the goal of Lansing was determined to be, you know, make it a destination, and that's a timeless goal. One of the committee meetings I sat on, you know, many years ago. That's a timeless uh, uh, goal and objective and challenge, not only for Lansing, but every city and every state and every country around the globe and that they um, uh, should probably try and make Lansing a destination. I suggested that I know, and they know, the people in the meeting knew that um, we know what a campaign or a national, a national campaign for a very unique park that's one of the most unique ones or uh, pool in, in the world looks like. And they want to replace it with a splash pad. And I asked them, what, what does that uh, uh, national campaign look like for a generic splash pad if you're really trying to make Lansing a destination? So uh, the mayor kind of got it. He beat feet over to the park director after I said that. And I think they're uh, going to start refurbishing it and get a national campaign to have people come here as one of the destinations that this fine city might have for people to come and visit and review. So I did that, and then on Friday I was invited uh, to a high-level, or physically high uh, offices right across from the Capitol, uh, one on the south side and one on the north side. I was invited to two of them and uh, to, to view the lighting of the tree and the Silver Bells Parade, and I just was sort of out of it. I just... Uh, you know, still really hadn't recovered from that 20, almost 24-hour Wednesday jaunt, and I had a little bit of sinus cold, so I just begged out. And then uh, been busy around here writing uh, for some folks uh, in the last little bit. So that's that was my week. Jeff, it's been kind of busy around here. Uh, so um, I, I know there's a lot of people that are active and doing a lot of the same stuff, but, you know, I get kind of busy. What would you say, Jeff? I'm sorry. Yeah, it sounds like you were busy. That's, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm still hitting second gear, just about halfway through second gear, I guess. You know, we still got third and fourth to go. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we're all young at our age. I mean, there's people running for president that are 77 years old. You know, if they served eight years, yeah. be 80. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I'm the end of this term. And we wish them the very best. So. Um, so having said all of that, getting this show under underway now, let's uh, let's get into the announcements, Jeff. You want to start with the first one? Sure. Uh, working for a living wishes everyone a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Out of respect for everybody's work-life balance, there will be no show next Sunday, December first. Okay, thank you. Uh, November 20th, the UAW International Executive Board began Article 30 charges against Gary Jones, the uh, now former president of the UAW, who was then on administrative leave. 
number three, November 20th, former UAW President Gary Jones officially resigned. More on that later in the show. Okay. Uh, November 22nd, Business Insider reports that 4,200 truckers lost their jobs in September as the recession slams America's $800 billion trucking industry. Uh, November 22nd, Cindy Channel reported GM is recalling 640,000 pickup trucks due to fire causing seatbelts. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll discuss okay. that. Uh, November 24th, former UAW, that's today, this morning, former UAW Region 5 Director Vance Pearson officially resigned. More on that later in the show. Okay, number eight. Everyone, please buy Union Made. Made in the U.S. products for all of the upcoming holidays. Number nine. Elmer Zurakowski, General Motors' highest seniority hourly employee in all of General Motors, with 67 years of seniority, he started building tanks for Korean for the Korean War. By the way, is retiring at the end of this month, November. Congratulations and the best wishes to you and your well-deserved brother Elmer. You uh, you hang in there in retirement. I guess you're a woodworker, so please enjoy your hobby as you uh, finish out. Okay. Uh, messages and emails. Uh, yes, I'll start. I said uh, I'll start that one uh, with number one here, if you don't mind, Jeff. I'll grab that one, and then you get to. We only got a couple. Okay. Had a few other comments, but we didn't get into those. But um, Leroy, would you please explain the potential of the appeal rat, uh, rat, uh, of the ratification vote? Is uh, well, first of all, uh, while retirees may not vote on a ratification vote uh, to ratify a contract, there's no prohibition on appealing such votes. So as a member, uh, everyone um, that's a member can appeal a uh, ratification vote. So just to be clear about that, there's no prohibition on it, uh, just only voting. Uh, or to start or stop a strike, ratification vote. You may not hold an office um, that handles local union grievances at the local level or vote for any uh, person who handles local union grievances at the local level. Uh, so those are the prohibitions on retirees. Let's get that clear, first of all. Second. Uh, this this appeal dealt with there's no codified process in the UAW Constitution for this appeal. It just leaves it to the International Executive Board, okay, the International Union. And that's been problematic, and the Public Review Board has admonished the uh, IAB for that at least four times. And that appeal is 
on the page, working for a living page that's posted in the Facebook uh, uh, groups and on my page. Okay, so if you can't get to one of the groups, it's on my page. And you click on that workingforaliving.com page, and you'll find the appeal in that. So uh, just know that it's there. Um, so uh, that's the first element. There's three other elements that we we're not sure, so we appealed those uh, to see if they actually violated the Constitution, dealing with the temporaries and the uh, Appendix K competitive clause language and the retirees uh, having a... Um, uh, law that is clearly adverse to labor uh, in our agreement. And that seems to, we don't know. Again, we're looking for clarification to see if it violates the Constitution. And here comes the, the next part. Okay, this is a two-step thing w with a real plan behind it. Okay, if affirmed by authorities with academic credentials that have the ability to affirm such things beyond the scope of what us lowly members might have, right? They tell us that all the time. So uh, we've asked uh, a higher authority with academic credentials as it goes up through our appeal process to uh, consider it and either affirm or deny the uh, ratification appeal. If it's affirmed, and they do indeed say that one or all of those elements, uh, the three in particular, violate the uh, uh, Constitution, and, you know, as far as the admonition to codify the ratification vote process, um, they just, you know, admonish the IB yet another time uh, is likely what occur, and they, again, won't do nothing. Uh, which is really bad and poor for the membership uh, because they, they should have oversight of the ratification process by neutral uh, parties without a vested interest. And it should be conducted, uh, in our opinion, by the election committee that has no vested interest other than conduct an election, right? As opposed to the uh, largely... Unlike what the newspaper said, uh, that the election committees would conduct all the forward votes, the shop committees conducted nearly every one and all of the ones that I happen to see. I don't know if the election committee ever did uh, conduct uh, a forward uh, vote. I just didn't see one. So that would be the uh, remedy for that, that first element, the uh, reason. But the next three, two, three, and four, uh, reasons uh, all, all um, are uh, questioning whether the Constitution has been violated. If it comes back affirmed, as I said earlier, if it comes back affirmed that they, uh, the contract, their Constitution wasn't via, uh, violated by the, the uh, contract that was ratified, uh, people who signed on to uh, offer up such a contract that may violate the UAW Constitution would be subject to removal 
charges on them for removal. Okay, and that includes everybody that signed the highlight sheet. Now, there's a lot of people that are on the back of the contract that are just part of the General Motors Department and listed only because they're there, but they had nothing to do with negotiating it necessarily. We can't prove that, but we can prove that the persons that signed it are. So there are a lot of people out there thinking they have a plan, and it looks like the plans aren't going very far. Um, uh, to rem- you know, to, to have a special convention and do this and that. Uh, of course, you know, Jones and Pearson did resign, and there's going to be the whole matter of replacing them, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, however, uh, this, if affirmed, is an absolute. If they violated the Constitution. By and through negotiating a General Motors contract and presenting it for ratification, that would be cause to remove all the parties, right? So uh, that's, uh, you know, right now, the rest of the IEB that, you know, we'd all agree that they need to just, you know, let's start over <laughs> and have some transparency, and there's lots of things go, still going on that aren't kosher, to say the least. Uh, one way of getting that transparency is through this appeal, because we'll actually find them, if affirmed by the PRB, we'll find them uh, to be in violation of the Constitution and subject to removal and charges and removal. Okay, and they would actually have done something wrong, proven to be so, done something wrong, if affirmed by the PRB. Unlike just wildly throwing charges out there, saying X, Y, and Z, I don't like it, so this, that, and the other thing, uh, we're going to ask for a special convention and charge them with what? I, we don't know, but they're doing it. Uh, so that's up to them those people doing that and of course the press is really beating us up with really bad press and and that helps unionism absolutely zero thank you very much well thought on well thought out from beginning to end this on the other hand would be a valid reason for removal if affirmed by the PRB so uh, that would cause a special national convention, and that would, you know, then render our union up for new leadership, as the old one would be gone. Now, as I understand it, everybody and their brother is seeking to ascend to Gary Jones' vacated position. This is getting in my report a little bit, but I'm going to say this during this explanation. The only way the president gets replaced by convention is if everybody's removed. Because if you've been in the UAW longer than the time it takes to find 
the bathroom or the light switch, you know that the position of president is filled automatically by ascension of the vice president. And there is no election for president. And in the past, they've backfilled the vacancy of vice president with a regional director and then held an election for regional director. And that regional director position is nothing like president that people are assuming they want to run for. All lining up for it, right? But rather, be it'll be a regional director position, likely somewhere they don't even live. Not even in the region, so they couldn't run for it. By the way, the same people that voted against them challenging presidential candidates in the 2018 Constitutional Convention, the same delegates are going to be voting at any convention in the future. So if you're even in the region, good luck. If they're all gone, they're going to have to take a real hard look at the people that truly have experience not just somebody shooting from the hip on special conventions. So I think that answers that person's uh, uh, email, and we we got some questions about that throughout the week as well. Uh, the same thing, we're wondering, where is this really going, Leroy? Well, it, it truly does give us an opportunity to... Make sure that we can clean house internally by removing them because of UAW Constitution violations. Now, because General Motors sued FCA about corruption and racketeering, we're in sort of a battle now for time. Why, Leroy? Well... You see, there's a thing out there called the Justice Department and the FBI. And in the case of the Teamsters, they put them under receivership once they proved racketeering. It hasn't been proven yet. But thank you, General Motors, for suing FCA. That's that's a really satirical thank you, by the way. You know, it's a sarcastic thank you. I don't want it to go down looking like I... Thank them, because I'm not. If proven in court, racketeering is proven in court, you can expect the Justice Department to jump right up and put our union in receivership. That's not going to be good, brothers and sisters. Because the Teamsters receiver manager sucked all the money out of their coffers because they get paid an extraordinary fee to run the union and oversee the finances. And they were until just recently. So we're sort of in a race to see 
who gets there first? Because if the appeal that I humbly wrote gets there first and we find such things out and we remove the leaders, then we, as a union, can clean ourselves up by and through a special convention, a true special convention, because they're all gone. They've been removed. All of them, for cause, not just because somebody didn't like them. Okay? If we lose that time race, and General Motors proves racketeering first, we'll probably go to receivership and not not be allowed to have the opportunity to try and clean our union up internally. I hope everybody understands what's fair, just, and proper for our membership versus what General Motors and or others are doing that is not so good for our membership. Receivership is not going to be good. Okay, so that's the long answer to that email. Okay, Jeff, you want to take yours? I think there's one here for you. Yeah, I have a comment on your email. Something you just said okay. about sure. General Motors suing Chrysler. Does Mary Barrett not remember Joe Aston, the UAWVP for General Motors, who got in trouble three years back, who also sat for a short time on the General Motors Board of Directors? Um, and then the Chrysler guy, company man, who was involved with uh, Mr. Holyfield, he actually came from General Motors prior to that. So I think Mary has uh, opened a can of worms she may not like. That's just my opinion. Yeah, we're going to we're going to see where that goes, Jeff. You know, they, in any regard, it's not good for the UAW. Just the the whole press of it. You know, I mean, the, the news that might come out of this. And the idea that she beat this appeal to its fullest result, repeal and appeal and, and, and any any additional action to its full result. So we're going to see what happens here. You know, we're trying to clean it up from within. And I know there's a lot of really, really pissed off people out there, and I'm one of them. You know, I I've been in this union, you know, almost 60 years now. Think about that. I'm sorry, almost 50 years. Jeez, I'm, what am I saying? I'm, I'm starting my, yeah, it's 50 years. God, like, yeah, 50 years. Yeah, so starting my sixth decade. I guess that's what I was uh, talking about, starting it. You know, and I've seen it good. I've seen it at its best. I've seen our members making money that, that you know, it's it not even comprehensible in today's thought process. You know, we 
I can I can point to at least two methods of calculation that show us nearly four hundred thousand dollars of buy-in power in the late seventies as related to today with all the prices, all the other prices remaining the same. Okay? Because, you know, price of a car has gone up, or that's the only one that's really, you know, seen that whole whole uh, transition. And when you calculate it, it's uh, almost $400,000 in the high threes. Same thing with the uh, Social Security cap. You hear me talk about it from time to time. So I've seen it at its best over the 50-plus years, and I'm going to start my sixth decade with our union here soon. Uh, and at the beginning of the, the year, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I, I'm not happy with what's going on at all. And there's a few of us around with that, like, you know, with that seniority that, like, uh, was it Elmer, you know? We're just not too happy about it, what's going on with our union and with our uh, relationship with the corporations. Just not good. So, And you're right, Jeff, you know, we'll see, because there's a whole lot of folks that they can point to on from the FCA side and say Altabelli was part of a GM person, you know, probably mm-hmm. not, right? And they can say that right. Joe Ashton was actually a, a board member with him, you know, after he left the UAW. Go figure. I mean, that really speaks volumes about the, le- you know, the relationship of the corporation by the leadership. And there's a couple other that want to do that, or did at least, you know, not that they're going to be around much, but so we're we're working on doing the right thing. There's a lot of people out there that like to try and stop us, but there's a lot of people out there, as I see through my daily walk in life, that say there's a lot of lot of people pulling for you. One to be successful at cleaning up the union, and two to prevent receivership from this great union or this great union. So, Jeff, you want to go ahead and do yours there? Unless you got any more. Yeah. Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, email number two. Jeff, after one week, what do you believe the members are thinking about the ratified board contract being withheld? Um, I think there's, some of them are along the same lines as the GM folks. They're disappointed in the length of time it takes temporarily become full-time workers. Um, I've heard a couple of complaints about that. I'm hearing more complaints of what Leroy's just been telling. Um, what's going on downtown? What's going to happen if we do go into receivership? I've gotten a lot of questions about... Uh, who voted for the uh, 30-some percent pay raise for international members at the last convention? Um, just stuff like that. They're, they're really worried about what's going to happen. Um, they're, they're upset. They're pissed off, and rightfully so, um, all because of what Leroy has just been talking about. 
Um, so there are changes that need to be made, and hopefully we'll get it done in the right way, as we already explained. That's all I got, Leroy. Okay, on that on that uh, email there. Well, thanks uh, for that, Jeff. You know, there's uh, you know a lot going on. We're trying to do it the right way. You got to make sure they violated something before you can remove them, right? So, right. And we right. found some of that stuff. We we you know we, when did we start talking about there being violations of the UAW Constitution in the collective bargaining agreements of all three? And I believe that was back, uh, you know, uh, in early 2018, and we codified that in our plan for the uh, Constitutional Convention uh, that we would be doing. And as we weren't, we did not ascend a leadership in order to implement the plan. We're just implementing it from a position, a minority position, if you will. Um, so, uh, you know, you have to find them in violation of something before you can remove them. You can't just say I'm mad at them. Okay, right. like some people want to do. And they yeah. got, you know, some sort of a, for, a, a format to, to say such things. So, uh, anyhow, the uh, uh, the whole uh, notion that, you know, we're in a lot of trouble is uh, not lost on a lot of members, man. They are they are pissed, uh, and they're rightfully yes, they are. You know, I mean, there's there's some thought that they could just, you know, disband the whole damn kit and caboodle, and then what? You know, I mean, that's not good either. So let's let's work to do it internally. Those of you out there fighting this appeal, stop. Like I said, stop fighting. Just let it occur naturally, and we know what to do. Yes, there will be 14 people that will be injured by it out of the 1 million members that are due better. As the congressperson's man, the congressman said at the close of the impeachment inquiry, we can do better, and we have done better. I've seen better. Remember, I worked with some of the sit-downers, and the second day I worked there, the guy didn't wait for some union awareness committee. He came up, grabbed me by the shoulder, and said, people died right here on this sidewalk so you could work here today, and don't you ever forget it. And I haven't. So... uh, you know, it's just sad what they're doing to our union, the people that are there now. And we got to remove them and some of the ones down down the ladder, and we'll see. So, uh, Jeff, there's a definition there. You want to take that definition? Sure. This week's definition is idealistic. It's an adjective. It describes a person who dreams of perfection, whether in their self or other people, someone whose plans or goals or helping others are hard fought, lofty, and grand. That's this week's definition. Does that sound like what we were just talking about, Jeff? 
It sure does. Idealistic, yeah. 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 Describes a person whose dreams of perfection, whether in their self or other people, someone who plans or goals of helping other others are hard fought, lofty, and grand. That's pretty amazing, you know. I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I look at some of the stuff, and you, you got to have some sort of vision here, and make sure that it's, you know, for the membership. Okay, just, I guess I'm just getting pissed as I sit here about it, you know. So, <laughs> really, Jeff. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you I can't. Agree talk about this stuff without just starting to shake over it. I mean, just want to go over mm-hmm. there and something about it, you know, I mean, and God help the person that comes to me and challenges me somewhere and I'm in the community because I'm going to just explode on them, I think. You know, I'm not going to put up with much of that shit this time. So uh, that's not a threat. That's just probably going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm not out here causing problems, but don't get in the way of what we're trying to do to fix it. Okay. Right. This week, yeah, this week's quote kind of dovetails with the first, the with the definition. This week's quote. Each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope. Imagine that. Tiny ripple of hope. That was said by Robert F. Kennedy. Thank you. Maybe it's appropriate today. So, okay, Jeff. Uh, you know, your reports next, and I'll uh, listen and see what what you have to talk about there tonight. I don't want to hear a bunch of anything. You hit on all the per hot topics, Leroy. Um, mm-hmm. People, are, some are afraid, some are pissed off. Um, some refuse to accept that the uh, thing with the uh, equal pay for uh, the temporaries wasn't in the contract and I've had to challenge those people on those sites that yeah, it was in the contract and the membership voted for it. And I've had a couple of debates on some of the other Facebook pages. But you know, it, it is what it is. You have to read the whole contract first instead of looking at that big old carrot sticking out in front of your nose and going for it. You know, these contracts aren't good. They're basically the same thing as the last contract. Not much change. But um, if you want to blame anybody for what's happened to the part-timers, just look at them there. Because we right. membership voted it in. Right. Je- Jeff, uh, you're you're getting a little fuzzy with your, your phone there. So if you can do something to... Uh, move it or something. I'm not sure what. Thank you. Uh, what about the, what about the truck? The 4,200 truckers that lost their job. What do you got to think about that, Jeff? Same thing. I think about uh, thousands of farmers that are going bankrupt. 
know, it's whenever somebody loses their livelihood, it's not good. You know, it's not good. You talk about how low the unemployment rate is all you want. But what I really want to see is how many fell off the unemployment rolls and onto welfare. That's my view. Um, and we've had all these farmers go bankrupt the most in the last several years. Um, coal miners, they're going bankrupt. Uh, it's just not a good economy, as some people may tell you in these election years. Um, that's what I thought, Leroy. Okay. Uh, I've been in a family of truckers and coal miners and auto workers all my life, and I hate seeing anybody losing their jobs. Right. Do you remember how many bankruptcies in Wisconsin they've had uh, for of the farmers? Did you did you see that? I've seen it, but I don't remember, Leroy, because it's been a lot of so much stuff that's been coming out lately. Yeah. Um, I think at this great economy with the stock market up there so high, it's, uh, um, you know, made a new high, I think, uh, what, Wednesday, something like that, Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, so, you know, here we are, you know, it's the greatest economy, largest number of bankruptcies in Wisconsin for the farmers there and uh, truckers. 4,200 losing their job. Of course, Lordstown closing General Motors. A lot of other stuff. The mm-hmm. coal miners losing everything they got. That's done under now because of this, the uh, policies of the administration. So I don't see where it's all that good. I, I was sitting with a gentleman having dinner, young man. He's 40, truck driver. Aaron, uh, real nice young man. And... Uh, I told him, I says, well, look at all the work they got here, all this, you know, these jobs. He said, lowest unemployment and highest employment. And he said, right. It's, you know, just been contrived. These are phony numbers. And you talk about fake news, you know, and he's really pretty angry about it. He says, you know, this is my generation coming in, and we're supposed to be at the very, you know, top and when you look at it, the country's in horrible straits. And he gets around. He he travels east of the Mississippi, everywhere, and talks to people on the little CB radio all the time. So how's it going? And that's his take on it. So not a good economy. Yeah. Did you see uh, yesterday, anyway, where somebody cut a huge hole in the border wall down there in Mexico or Arizona, big enough to drive a truck through it. Really? I didn't see it. I saw they yeah. cut some small holes they've been going through, but no, they, they, they cut a big highway hole. up the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they, they do it with a torch. They in that wall and drove a truck through it. Wow. That border Isn't wall like... ain't helping nobody. Yeah, the wall ain't doing nothing. They they got tunnels and submarines. Oh, they're yeah. Gonna, they're gonna, their stuff here. You just got to stop using it, I guess, is the key. You know, it's just a disaster. Okay. I mean, the country's coming yeah. apart at the scene, and they're not yes, doing anything. Stop it. Nothing. There, there's policies that they can make all day long and fix it. So, um, 
Okay. Well, you got anything else, Jeff, that you want to discuss? No, sir. Go on with your report. All right. Well, uh, I hit on some of these issues, but uh, uh, let's just start off with Article 31. I'm sorry, Article 30 uh, charges against Jones. These are only brought by the IEB, International Executive Board, that is. And um, they uh, uh, brought them, and probably an hour or so later, because uh, I had somebody sending me this stuff Wednesday when I was on the road for, you know, almost all day, 24 hours. Uh, a lot of a lot of work done there. But uh, so uh, Jones resigned uh, later after the charges were brought. Um, you know, he's under investigation by the FBI uh, for a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that came up is reported that he uh, forced people to approve some half a million dollars in expenses to include, uh, you know, his daughter living at the Palm Springs Jones's daughter living at the Palm Springs uh, facility that the UAW owns, and she's not even a UAW member, but the voucher was signed for and paid to our uh, resort that we own out there, I guess. So I understand it's our, actually our resort. Uh, so, And I guess I've been aware that they've been buying properties I think there was one in, in Hawaii for a while. I don't know if we still have that or not. But these are all, you know, legitimate investments by the the, the International uh, Executive Board of the Strike Fund, et cetera, that might not just all be cash, okay? So, I mean, they could be, you know, mortgaged or whatever, but they, I believe they own them outright. And if the cash was needed, they'd just, you know, get a mortgage on or something like that. So, uh, and that's all legal if it needed to be, okay? So, but having your daughter, who's not a UAW member, living there and, you know, on her own and the uh, international uh, subjected to making the payment for her is a little over the top. So that's kind of some of the things that they were after Jones about. Uh, so when you're president, you know, you can do a lot of things like that. And some people shouldn't have authority of a president organizational like UAW, and Jones is one of them. I can think of a couple more, actually. Read my mind. Um, I talked about the GM lawsuit of Fiat Chrysler and they're alleging corruption and racketeering. Uh, that uh, lawsuit is on working for a living, the filing itself. Thank you to the uh, person that got that to us. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I think you'll find that interesting reading. It's voluminous. It's very, very long. Um, they dragging in the kitchen sink. All right. And as Jeff said, it could well backfire. And the longer it takes, the better chances of us cleaning our house internally, all right? Some will. Everybody wants it. Some know how and some don't. 
and we're working to that end on your behalf. Keep our union viable and keep it clean. That's what that appeal is going to eventually do with some help from other other folks if they affirm it. So uh, that lawsuit's, uh, you know, problematic for us as a union. Okay. We have uh, 640,000, that's a lot, pickup, uh, pickup trucks that are being recalled, uh, you know, under the Barra uh, administration. Uh, so uh, that's due to fire-causing seatbelts. What happens if you're in an, a wreck? There's a little explosion that goes off in the base of the seatbelt that causes it to lock immediately to keep you in position so you don't get thrown around. That little explosion in the base of the seatbelt it's been found to cause a fire in these type of pickup trucks in the carpet of the pickup truck. There have been no fatalities to date, but it's occurring and it's a problem and they need to fix it. I'm not sure what they're going to do at this time, uh, but they're going to recall them because it's you know very dangerous. You, you wouldn't want to be stuck in, in that seat belt and... Uh, not be able to get out of the vehicle and be consumed by fire. That would be a bad thing, right? And I guess it's been close a few times. So that's, you know, going on. So just know if you drive a pickup truck that you probably should carry one of those little things that can cut a seat belt or a knife in your pocket. And some people just put them up in the, the headliner or the visor somewhere that you just grab it and cut the seatbelt so you can exit the vehicle without being burned to death. Okay? They ought to, they ought, quite frankly, General Motors ought to mail every one of the pickup owners one of those little devices, just in case. Of course, that's progressive thinking. Duh. Okay, so... Uh, today we had Region 5 director who's been on administrative leave like Jones, Vance Pearson, resign. Um, of course, Jones is from Region 5, and there are some allegations out there dealing with nonprofits, etc., to the point where some of the lead, un, local union leadership have been contacting legal counsel to make sure that things that happened before their tenure are being dealt with properly and legally so that they don't have any issues under their nose, at least under their tenure. So um, we're trying to clean it up, folks. We really are. We're trying to clean it up. What else do I want to talk about? Pretty much all of those announcements that we had. Lots going on. We're going to see what happens with the FBI and the two gentlemen that resigned. I think they wanted to take their membership, but I believe they'll probably still have their membership. 
they're entitled to their pension. Anybody that actually tries to take their pension, it's a it's a felony to try and mess with somebody's pension. Okay, just know that we can't take the pension benefits. Might be subject to some some scrutiny uh, for these folks. Uh, shouldn't be leaving with you know truckloads of money or anything like that. All right. So next, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. That's the UAW Constitution. And it appears as though there are some folks that have been in charge of a little project that didn't know the Constitution. And they said they were going to go and adhere to the Constitution strictly when it come time to the Articles itself, themselves. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to leave that. I, I, somebody just messaged me on Vance Pearson. I'm going to leave him alone on all the allegations. There's a lot of stuff out there. Like I said, there's some nonprofit things going on with that, uh, allegations. And um, we're, we've been aware of these for some time. Uh, and... Um, before and actually before Jones was president about his own nonprofits in Region Five before he ever ascended to president. And we know those were changed out. He uh started a new one. Uh and that's fact. Okay. But I don't wanna beyond that I'm not prepared to go into that because we don't wanna suffer any of our own problems. So uh, we try to stick with the facts, and we have proof on, on that. That uh, one uh, nonprofit, uh, it was moved over to another one. So, uh, oh, uh, okay. All right. So he's not just resigning uh, uh, from his office, he's resigning his UAW membership. Uh, that's uh, Vance Pearson. Thank you very much for that. I guess I wasn't aware. It's been kind of a busy day here. So thank you for that update. I appreciate it. Uh, the UAW Constitution has a lot of stuff in it, and you better know all of it if you're going to try and administer it, especially if you're a trial committee chair. You can't just say Constitution says this and ignore another part of the Constitution like the oath of office that you took or the oath of office that's incumbent upon you to administer as an elected or appointed person. And it says in several places in the UAW Constitution, including including the oath of office, you must uphold and abide by all the international union policies. That includes the diversity policy. And that diversity policy is there because of Title IX, federal law, that says if you violate it, it's a felony. 
any and all persons who violate Title IX are subject to criminal charges and civil charges. Okay, it's a big deal. And that's why the international UAW policy on diversity exists. And by oath and by other uh, sections of the Constitution, you are abiding or obligated to uphold the diversity policy. And if there are bullies out there that want you not to look at the diversity policy and only such other uh, articles as they uh, charge in conflict with the diversity policy that can put people in, you know, at high risk and maybe in jail. Then you, you really need to stop listening to the bullies and predators and start abiding by the federal law and the inner policies of the International Union, which you're obligated to uphold. I understand that after such trial, recent, recently, trial committee chair dropped his jaw and said we didn't know that we had to abide by the policies of the International Union. Only the Constitution is what we upheld. Yeah, well, imagine that. I'm going to say it again to the International Union executive board there's something coming your way and you need to fix it because if you don't it opens a can of worms that is unimaginable for people who are the victims of harassment sexual harassment bullying and retaliation So fix it. And the PRB, you drop the ball. You overturn, I'm going to say it out loud, you overturn the IEB who said improper and can't go forward. You overturned that ruling for reasons that you then said these are best addressed by the trial committee. So you didn't even address them properly. You're despicable in this case. You overturned the correct decision by the International Executive Board. Thank you very much for that one. And then you failed to make the case for why you overturned it but abrogated your authority to the trial committee to address those issues, which they didn't, because they were going by the contract, or constitution, rather, and they didn't know the constitution all that well. Fix it. 
getting tired of having mediocre work done by people who are supposed to be better than that. Remember? That's what the congressman said. We're better than that. Yes, we are. We're better than to allow our members to be disabused by bullies and predators. Stop it. The brothers and sisters of our union deserve better. Set the precedent and let everybody know how you fixed it. All right. Okay, we're at 8 o'clock. Jeff, you got anything else to say? Uh, no, sir. I see the switchboard's pretty full. Uh, not completely full, but we have a lot of people in it. Is there anybody that wants to say anything? You know how to let me know. Oh, 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 I forgot. Jeff, I've been hearing all week, all week, about next week. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, there's this thing. <laughs> they got base that's wrapped with with barbed wire, and they said they're going Wolverine hunting. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've seen that. So. <laughs> All right. You know. To, to always the, a good game. The best team will, uh, uh, to the best team, we, we wish you the best, and we hope you win. We don't know who that is. <laughs> They're playing in, in the big house in Michigan and Ann Arbor. Ohio State's coming up uh, to Ann Arbor and going to play. So, uh, somebody commented on our uh, on our show here in one of the, the things. So, we'll have to go check that. Uh, but for, for yeah, now, best both teams and and uh, whoever the winner is, good. You know, congratulations. That'll be next Saturday. That'll be fun. So, um, anything else, Jeff? About that? <laughs> <laughs> go blue. Jeff's a Michigan fan and Tom's an Ohio State fan. I'm, for the most part, a Michigan State fan and a little bit of Buckeye still left in me. So, all right, gang. Uh, Wish everybody to have a a great week coming up. Be safe. You know, a lot of craziness going on out there. I've seen a lot of crazy drivers. Careful when you're driving around. Uh, Out of respect for everyone's work-life balance. There will be no show next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, and that is December 1st, next Sunday. So, um, Happy Thanksgiving from Working for a Living, all of us here. Much uh, appreciated that you listened to our show. Uh, All the listeners there, if you found value in our show, please tell just one more person. Thanks to our global listeners. Uh, Lady from Finley, Finland, uh, friend of me this past week, so I was, uh, welcome. I really forgot her first name. It's kind of an odd name. But, uh, Rena, I think, something like that. So uh, anyhow, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of listeners uh, globally, so thank you. Uh, and thanks to that, that one woman that uh, friended me on Facebook and from Finland. And uh, I really hope to get more feedback from you if you get the chance. So 
thanks to our listeners in Canada and Mexico, all the United States union and non-union listeners, all of our UAW listeners. Have fun, stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, listeners, and good night, Jeff, and everybody in the week. Good night, everyone. Have a safe week. See you in two weeks.